0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online, with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn
1: Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today, we have with us a guest that has been here before, Scott Needham. He's the CEO of Buy Boxer a top 100 Amazon seller, and he's the founder of Smart Scout and also the host of the Smartest Amazon Seller podcast. Uh, He's been here before in 2019. It was episode 325. So you guys can check that out uh, after you hear this one. Uh, And Scott, like I said, he's a top Amazon seller. He's been selling on Amazon since 1999. And then if I remember correctly, started doing FBA in 2009. So it's a lifetime in online years. So welcome, Scott, how are you?
0: Hey, welcome, Quinn. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, it. I'm actually scared how long it's been on Amazon, but um, <laughs> here's what makes me most scared is the things that I've learned in the last year that I just didn't know before, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> that, oh my gosh, that that's the same thing I tell everybody. Uh, well, people often say, for example, oh, you, Do you know everything by now for selling for a long time? And, you know, I I tell them the things I knew yesterday don't matter anymore today, right? Because everything changes. So we're always learning new things and everything is always changing. So tell me, Scott, last time you were here, it was pre-COVID. So 2019 was pre-COVID. Yeah, You had 150 people working for you. How much did COVID affect that number?
0: Well, um, sheesh. Uh, you know, we, right when COVID hit, we certainly had to shrink a little bit. And But even then, people that were still employed by us, they had to take care of their families. You know, uh, people staying at home uh, because their kids couldn't go to school. So there's a lot of disruption um, for us. But, you know, even on th- spite of that, though, our sales still did fairly well. And overall for our selling account, it was a fairly good thing, but it wasn't like a home run because distribution Mm -hmm. itself like just had like, you know, problems. We couldn't get people in to, to feel comfortable working in our warehouse. So, um, you know, we had to be patient with certain things and we had to be patient with what Amazon would let us, would allow us to send in.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, We pivoted to grocery and um, we sort of do FBM like puzzles of all things. And um, yeah, I mean, like there's so much you could say about COVID and it's been a year and a half, Uh, but uh, it ultimately, you know, I, I still, I still pushed our businesses in new directions. I bought a private label business and then on top of that, I launched a software tool I uh, finally found something that I think is kind of a fit.
1: Nice, so you you are a developer, right? Did, you studied programming? Yeah. yeah,
0: yep. Literally right before I jumped on the call, I was sitting there uh, in code and it's tough to context switch, you know, like hmm. to go from code to like, hey, now I got this, this, you know, let's jump on this podcast and just start talking.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, coding was always one of the things I wanted to do since I first knew it existed. Right, and yeah. um, I actually got into it, and I never finished. I I started, <laughs> uh, I started to get a bachelor of computer science, and I wanted to get, but I never finished because uh, I learned a little bit, and then the degree itself, I didn't care about it. I, right? I just wanted to yeah. be the guy with with the headphones that's programming something super cool.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. um You know, I feel the same way. I know only how to do a few certain things in code and I do some of those things fairly well. But like, for example, I don't do front end websites. Um, I've decided I'm just like it's just too challenging for me on top of what I already do to like learn that skill set. And so I just kind of I I hired someone that does the front end for me and you know, I do the back end. So what I do really well is like I understand Amazon data and how to organize it and like what people what what people would find interesting what helps them uh do their business you know
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely that's something that i thought about getting a tool done for myself once and my issue was that the programmers that i would find are not amazon sellers the ideal would be a guy like you that you know, knows Amazon inside out and knows programming. And then that's, that's the ideal, but that's not easy to find.
0: Yeah. You you know, I actually have done a little bit to help out there. I've put together at least uh, two blog posts out there where I say like, well, if you want to start programming on Amazon, here's some good starting points. Here's some APIs that you can connect with. And here's the type of data that they give you. And here's the type of data they don't give you so. Uh, hopefully, I help some of those other developers out there uh, start to jump into the land known as an Amazon software developer.
1: And you know what? B- before we even talk about software, because I- I'm dying to know what it can do and all that stuff, because you have a very yeah. special tool. There's something I want to ask you because I saw a video of you. It seemed to be like at night inside your warehouse, where you were <laughs> do- you were doing a workout with. Uh, the work, right. Yeah. Every, every step you were doing it in a fast forward. That was super cool.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 I was just having a lot of fun. I was like, Hey, what's a funny video I could put on my Instagram. So, um, our warehouse is actually in Indianapolis and I live in Utah. So when I fly out there, you know, I have free time at night and I usually like to just like work out, you know, just take my time, um, and go for a run or whatever. Like I'm, fairly lazy at night in a sense, like I am working out, but I just like, I just take my time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, now this warehouse, so it might as well just, um, you know, have fun with it. And I, cause like, there's a lot of things you do in a warehouse that are almost like a workout, yeah. you know, where like you're, you're palletizing, you're lifting boxes, you're moving things around that like really gets your core a lot. And uh, it was, it was just fun to edit that and put it together.
1: Yeah, it it was pretty cool. And you know what that actually looks like at one point, there's one scene that it looks like you're in a supermarket because everything is has shelves and everything is nicely organized. And I could see, I don't know if it was shampoo and everything. It was like a supermarket aisle.
0: Yeah. Do you know what those aisles are? They're actually our FBM. Um, That's the stuff that we couldn't send into FBA And so it's a lot of like hazmat stuff, like, so a lot of, you know, detergents or whatever, just like, for whatever reason, Amazon just didn't let us send it in. And Mm -hmm. so we did some fulfilled by merchant.
1: Nice. So you said you bought a private label. So your majority is still wholesale.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, we do about 40 to 50 million on wholesale. And then um, we have a private label account. That's much smaller, probably about 10% that size. And, um, you know, I wanted to take like as a wholesaler, if you've been around for a while, you start to really understand Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't always have chances to like practice it and to really like, you know, I think being in private label, you, you throw belief into the system that like, Hey, if I like launch a product, people will like it and they'll buy it, you know? So, um, that, it was certainly a, um, I mean, we, we, we launched a product yesterday. It went live yesterday. So some, some puzzles mm-hmm. we spent almost a year before to get from one end to the other, not, and, um, and they've already gotten a few sales. So, uh, organic sales. We didn't, we haven't touched any of the, uh, other tools out there to like bring in sales. So, I mean, there's something there, you know, there's, uh, uh mm-hmm. And So I'm enjoying that and focusing on on, on actually both businesses right now are, are trying to still grow.
1: It's always fun when you when you have one type of business model for so long and then you decide to try another one uh, different, like, for example, a difference between wholesale and private label. It's always exciting, at least for a bit, uh, for the change, right? Because I, I personally... Um, I did a little bit of wholesale, but majority was always private label. And every now and then I feel tempted to get into wholesale just because it's, you know, it would break the routine. Yeah. Retail arbitrage. It's, I do not think about it just because of the physical work involved. Yeah. And, and
0: yeah. No, I mean, retail arbitrage, like that, that one of all doesn't scale very well, mm-hmm. you know, um, Walk, you know, driving and walking into a storefront just is time that's not spent sourcing, you know, in other ways, exactly. or, or or developing a brand, you know.
1: Exactly, you you're always out of stock, you, and you you can never scale a product because it's not really your your product. But let's get into the software. Sure. Uh, uh, this is just me assuming. Uh, you started developing it for yourself uh-huh. because you you needed it and used it and now made it available to the public. Is that correct assumption?
0: Yeah, no, we built it in 2017. Um, internally, it was actually due to the Small and Light program. Um, small and Light, like we found... When it was like in about 2017, it was very new and they just gave it the prime badge. They gave these small and light offers the prime badge, which means uh, like you can win the buy box and the FBA fees were coming in a dollar cheaper. So you could go head to head against FBA sellers and beat them and beat them bad. And there's some, some products we started selling, you know, uh, uh, thousands a month of at smaller margin, but like with such high quantity that we, you know, you just couldn't ignore it. You couldn't ignore, um, what, uh, revenue and, and, and actually the ROI, it was really good. So we, so because of that, I wanted to scour the entire marketplace of Amazon for small and light products. That was it. be like, okay, look at all these brands in the toy, look at all these things. And, um, which of those products are very high selling and fit the small knife program. That's how I built it. And then um, last summer, I started to think that I could like package my inventory management tool as like a software service. And um, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> it, it, our, our inventory manager just takes so much training and so much upkeep that uh, it was just a headache. I brought in 10 very smart people and none of them really adopted it. Well, maybe one did. And then I was like, well, what about this inventory tool is unique? And I found, um, well, ultimately came, we actually called it like, uh, what do we call it? Inventory Scout. I don't remember its first names, but then it became Smart Scout, which what it was is it just like, just scoured all of Amazon, all the top ASINs, and then organize it and create brand level data of like, what's the estimate revenue of a brand? What's, you know, how much is in Amazon in stock on this brand? You know, what's Amazon stock levels? Because for our selling business, when we go head to head against Amazon, we lose. And so, Um, we designed this, you know, we put some of these like brand level metrics to help us avoid competition, specifically competition like Amazon. And then we just like, I just grew from there, just grew, grew, grew. And it became a tool that is very diverse. Yes. I built it for wholesalers, but there are some insights that like wholesalers don't care about. You know, we started to organize around a brand. Then I started to organize the data around a seller. And to date, I'd say uh, we have almost half the brand aggregators out there that are buying of other Amazon businesses. They're using Smart Scout to um, to do their business development to scour um, you know other Amazon sellers and to find out which ones are doing what. You know, inside of Smart Scout, you can be like, okay, who's a private label seller? Who's a a, a, a wholesale? There's some there's some filters in there that help you. Um, find that and I mean this is a tool in six months we've turned it into something that is very very is much more sophisticated than what we started with it has certainly evolved and what started as like two or three features has turned into like six seven or eight features and I mean sitting here I can I mean like, this will sound salesy but like I know that like some of these features have no competition no one is doing it no one is showing data like you know, like kind of like the way that we do.
1: Yeah. So that's something I wanted to ask you because there's, there's many, many tools for Amazon sellers out there right now. And then yeah. it looks like every new one that pops up is a copy of the previous one.
0: Sure.
1: And, and there's not m- much, if anything, that's unique. And yeah. I wanted to ask you like, what are the things you yeah. need?
0: So, um, you know, in the first week or two, someone, some one of the, one of the users that used it, he got, he says, finally, not another jungle scout copy. Hmm. And that was like his review. And I, am like, I'm like, you get it. Like it's different. So jungle scout and helium 10 are really good at product research. You know, if you want to research products, I actually can't recommend right now that you use, um, Smart Scout for that. It's not designed for product research. What it does differently is it takes a step back, and it does brand and seller research, and um, that's where like it started. And then we actually do category research. We have we launched a new subcategories feature, which it divides all of the revenue on Amazon into the 42,000 subcategories. So you could jump into very niche subcategory, let's say pickleball paddles. And you could be like, okay, pickleball paddles looks like we're doing, there's $6 million a month of revenue done on pickleball paddles. Who's winning? Okay, here's these brands, you know, um, I happen to know some of these brands because um, the private label brand that we bought does pickleball paddles. So we like there's Upstream and Neopipo and Head and all these other um, amazing aces. And you can see who who's doing what revenue, and you can jump in to look at their products. So it starts that question of product research and takes a step back.
1: Well, you know, you know what? A couple months ago, you shared a link on uh, LinkedIn, uh-huh. and I checked it out and. It was part of your tool. I had so much fun with that. Uh, I don't know if if that's if it was meant for what I used it, but it's the map that shows you everybody what they're selling and where their address is. And I found all my neighbors that like around me, then you know that are selling on Amazon that I didn't know, and we're like my next door neighbor was doing four hundred grand. I didn't know he was even Canadian, right? I, um, I actually I never even knew that brand before, and it's it's so funny that you can go through the map and find all these locations and sellers anywhere you want.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, now, uh, one one funny story: someone um, they were looking for one of their neighbors. They saw that someone down the street was um, selling on Amazon, and they went onto Google Maps, the Street View. And um, the street view showed them working out of their garage. You saw a bunch of boxes and a bunch of like, you know, and two people like moving around and like configuring some pallets. So uh, it's funny how like, you know, Google street view kind of like really confirmed, like, yep, they live there. That's hundred <laughs> percent, you know, <laughs> what they're doing.
1: Well, yeah. I checked that map and I found well, all over the city and then and, and, uh, outside the city, who was who, and that uh i mean i was super excited with that and i found uh other uses that i could use that for uh for like somebody that has for example services to offer to sellers could Absolutely. use that, could use that map to find every single one of them
0: yeah i mean nothing replaces in person connection and so if you're in if you're in your city if there's some big sellers you know, you can reach out and take them to lunch, and I guarantee you, you both of you will enjoy that conversation because it's, um, you know, Amazon sellers. There's a there's a kinship of a of 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 shared war stories that we have. You know, where we've all like encountered some awesome things and then some like really like tough things. So um, that seller map has like been uh, some people just like really jumped in and spent hours in it. And it even has had some unlikely users. We found all of a sudden, a month after we launched that map, um, that uh, UPS was jumping in and using it. We had all of a sudden about 150 different UPS uh, account managers that started using the map because they wanted to sell their services. They wanted to find, okay, here's the Amazon sellers that maybe aren't using UPS. Let's hit them hard, you know? And so um, it's such an interesting, you know, kind of way to like look at Amazon data.
1: Yeah. So I I definitely, I shared it with a bunch of people, a bunch of people in my, uh, (laughs) in my masterminds. I'm like, guys, check this out. And uh, everybody was excited. So I don't know what they did after that, but (laughs) yeah. Uh, It's one of those things for Amazon sellers looking at that map. It's like for anybody else that gets, you know, email a cat video, whatever you're doing, it stops. And then you you get distracted, sucked into it. And at least to me, that's, that's what happened.
0: No, totally. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, of of the things that we've created in us, that went as well as I could have hoped you know, it, it, it grabbed people's attention and imagination. It was, it's cool. Um, and it kind of went viral in it, you know, in the, in the community. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, um, we, I keep building new things. Like, I, I mean, we got, we launched a, uh, a traffic graph. This is definitely very useful for private label sellers. Um, you kind of have to see it to understand it, but, Oh, here's But here's what I, I can teach about it. So, um, you know, there's the frequently bought together widget on Amazon pages. Yeah. Uh, and every product like is, is generally featuring other products. So we reverse engineered that to show you put in a product and I'll tell you where it's being featured on other places. So... Um, or or you can even type in a search term and it kind of creates like what types of products are featuring each other, you know, it kind of creates a hub oh. and spoke. So you got, you got your product and you're like, um, let me give you an example. We have one of the top selling dinner bells. It's an outside dinner bell and it rings. And like, we thought it was just a home decor item. That was it. Then we found out that this dinner bell was being featured on some some kids toys like a pirate wheel or um some other some other things and we're like why would someone buy a dinner bell with like a toy like pirate ship um, you know wheel whatever it's called to, to like hmm. to, to steer your your ship and we realized it's because people are using this dinner bell to create um a you know a a, a kind of a fake pirate ship you, you got your, like your captain ship and then you have your dinner bell and you ring it. It's just like kind of part of the, uh, the kit and Amazon found that out. And so they featured our product on this, this random category. You can kind of see how, 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 tra- you could see how traffic is moving laterally on Amazon. How is the frequently bought together impacting your product? And more importantly, how is the frequently bought together promoting your competitors? products? So we found that, you know, you can find out what products are complements of your competitors and then start advertising on those ones. So there's an export feature where you can export your competitors' complements and, you know, plug that into your advertising. And um, it's just it's just kind of a cool tool in general to like, to understand, um, you know, the lateral traffic. Everyone understands, you know, like search term traffic. You're like, yeah, you type in this, this, and this, and this. But what we don't really always have a grasp on is, um, you know, how are people moving around from one product to another on Amazon? And that's, that's what this traffic graph is uh, kind of set up to, uh, to do. And um, some of you, if you've ever used a tool called Yassiv, that was part of our inspiration. Is, uh, but that, that tool stopped working. It kind of went dark. And um, so we are the spiritual successor to it.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's something that I actually wanted to ask you. Uh, what was the traffic graph? Cause I, I didn't get to try you know, all the tools yet. Uh, and to see finder sent correctly, you would enter an ASIN your own or competitors and would mm-hmm. it show you every other product that it? Displays as bought together.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's exactly what it does. You could also do a search term. You don't have to just do an ACE and you could uh, type in like, you know, keto chocolate. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're like blasted into keto chocolate land. And you're actually finding out that like, okay, you know, people that are buying keto chocolate are also buying, you know, other types of keto food. So um, it really does a great job of helping you traverse from one category to another of like, of what is related.
1: Wow. And all this is displayed on, on your dashboard, right? It's you don't see it. It's not on yeah. Amazon. It's on your own page. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's on the smart scout app. You, you know um, you know, there's a free trial to, to jump in and it's, it's worth just like checking out. Uh, you've never seen anything like it, especially if you're a private label, you know, you got to jump in and like, look at what your competitors are doing and um, you'll, you'll get a, I, 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 I'm certain if you'll, you'll get some insights. There's no question. You know, um, I, I use smart scout myself and one of the, like the interesting things about it is it's one of those tools that, uh, it's, it's got like this discovery element to it. You know, you could spend as much time as you want into it and, and figure out things that are only relevant to you you know, where like you get your own insights and you can, sp- but then someone else jumps in and they get different insights. Like there's, there, there, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure uh, uh, tool that like you just browse around and browse and just see all sorts of things.
1: Nice. You know, I, uh, my mind started racing right away because every time I see a new tool come out, I try to find ways to use it that are not the reason why it was built for. Right? Could I use it for something else? Yeah. That other people are not, and and well, I did not that I thought about this one yet. But the the reason why it was developed is something that I can use right now. Right? Yeah. N- knowing sure. every product where mine is bought together with is just an opportunity for ad placement. Yeah. Right.
0: Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I I mean, I could. there's there's um so wait quinn did you say you don't do much wholesale
1: i don't do much wholesale no uh private label is right 95 percent
0: uh oh no the um i mean i would actually say uh, we we do have private label we do have service providers that use smart scout but the number one use is actually um those in wholesale because it organizes these brands in a way that they've never seen before um so it's, it's actually kind of hard from my, my, uh, standpoint to build a tool that's serving different audiences in totally different ways, but it, you know, it, it is working and we're mindful of, um, you know, that's, I'm happy to have a private label business now because now I start to think more like them. Um, and one of the tools, someone asked me about this. Um, someone in, in in our agency, they're like, "Hey, design an FBA a margin model FBA calculator," and and I'm like, "I could build this out in Excel or uh, code, but I'd rather just like throw this into Smart Scout." So we built a private uh, we built an FBA calculator that is actually private label focused. And get this, what it does is it helps you find out if shaving off. Um, you know, a little bit of weight, a little yeah. bit of dimensions will save you an FBA fees. So it um, it helps you find the size tiers below you. So like you could potentially save, you know, 70 cents or a dollar per transaction. That's another like private label focused, uh, feature, uh, of it. And like, I, I know no one's out there has built it quite like mm-hmm. this
1: man scott that
0: that's amazing
1: (laughs) you know i for years i've been doing that and i talked about it here in the podcast how i look at ways to shrinking oversized products and if it's possible without uh, damaging the product or changing its characteristics then i can be um, the the top seller of that product and create this i create this private label yeah and I've done it with one
0: yeah, product I mean, when you, when you it's you me jump $4. The size, Sorry. Exactly. When you jump this, yeah. When you jump the size tiers below, it is, it is a game changer. In fact, um, you know, if you're ever going to acquire a business or like even just an ACE and someone that like, they want to get rid of it. And you're like, you throw it in the size tier calculator and you're like, well, I can unlock value here by, my brother's product, I kid you not, was 1.01 pounds, hmm. and all he has to do is shave off, you know, a little bit of the plastic dye, or the the plastic, and all of a sudden he's saving seventy cents a unit. Hmm. But I think what you found is going from oversized to standard size is a huge jump.
1: Yes. And and uh, this the one I found particularly that that was it was so beneficial to me that uh, after all it would save me about four dollars per unit, so I ended up transferring those savings to the buyer, and it was it was such a huge success because nobody could compete with me even though we all have the same quality, right? I'm not saying the mine was a higher quality than anybody else's, but I try to get the best, but my competitors also yeah. had it. And it was impressive.
0: I'll, I'll tell you one thing. If you're thinking through that mindset, that's what distinguishes an Amazon professional and just an e-commerce professional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was your Amazon knowledge that really like, you know, gave you an edge, and um that's that, that's pretty cool
1: yeah like i contacted the manufacturer and i asked him, can you shave and I, I think it was um less than a centimeter right cuz uh, that's what the chinese deal with, deal with centimeters and he said oh i can easily but uh, it won't be any cheaper for you and i'm like oh yes it will <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so manufacturing cost was the same and i didn't care and to him, was exactly the same, making that extra half a centimeter or what. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that tool because I do that manually right now. Then, uh, Scott, there's one more. I saw one more thing on on your tools that is like the ones that other tools don't do, and it was called Arbitrage Finder.
0: What is yeah. that? Um, so, I mean, there's a few different types of ways to think about an Arbitrage Finder. Um, There's tools like tactical arbitrage, and that is very effective. What tactical arbitrage does is it scans, you know, sites like target.com and and, and other sites like to, to, it really does find arbitrage opportunities. The way that um, SmartScout is an arbitrage finder is you can... Look at a brand at the brand level and sort it and filter it in any single way you want and find the opportunities that are not, uh, that there's no competitors on it. You find the ones that like the the pricing is just like so off, you know, where like uh, off with what it could be, where like, you know, a normal margin on Amazon is, you know, anywhere from 15 to 40% gross margin. And but there's sometimes there's products that are like they're like at stupid margins, like 50-60%. Like, you know, they, they just throw up an offer for a few hundred dollars. And so um we find people that are using this tool, and um, you know, they're buying say say you take a brand, a store brand, like Equate, uh, Walmart's uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh pharmaceutical brand, and they you can search for Equate in that brand and find out where's the top Revenue products, and and then just directly compare that with uh, with Walmart.com and see if there's an arbitrage opportunity. And you know, I just saw a post uh, two days ago, someone that said that they made fifteen hundred dollars off of one product. And um, then on top of that, I didn't talk about this, but what I think it's an arbitrage finder is there's an out of stock filter. You can go into toys and you can say, okay, show me um, toys that are out of stock that, uh, do this type of revenue. And, you know, you just kind of get lost in that little research, uh, (laughs) domain because there's usually there's thousands of products out of stock and, um, you know, you kind of got to hustle to get, to be the first one. But like, if you get a, if you get a product that was out of stock, that means there's demand. And you know being the and being the first back in stock, you're just gonna start selling it like crazy. So that's, you know those are some of the arbitrage tools that we have in mind. Like, again, this is kind of another classification of an Amazon seller, and they use the tool for their reasons.
1: Uh, just uh, I'm not trying to poke any holes in it, but as uh, somebody that doesn't have much experience with with arbitrage, uh, would the tool tell me if, for example, the one that has uh, a huge potential because the price is high uh, right now, or sellers are selling it very high? Will the tool tell me if it's high only right now or if it's been that price for three or four days? Because you know that random um, guy that so, lists yeah, something for yeah. 200 bucks?
0: Yeah. So um, there is a product history graph. Mm -hmm. where you like click on it and it'll show you the price over time you can see how it's trended over time and um that, that that does answer your question um i what i don't have is a ton of filters around that just you talking i'm thinking that like you know what I like to do is just like, you know, get a ton of data and then just filter, 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 get the best to the best. So, you know, you know, um, say there's 10,000 products that fit this criteria. Well, let's look at the top 10% of those. And let's look at the top 10% of those. And then okay, okay now we have a hundred products that are, um, you know, what we want to start arbitraging or whatever, you know, and I think an interesting filter would be some of its recent price history.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that that does answer because yeah, yeah. I, I do. I wanted to know if sometimes well, it would be...
0: That, that that product history graph is two weeks old. So I'm glad we had this podcast now because we've only been live with that for two weeks and just um, based off of people asking because a lot of people use um, the extension like Keepa to you know look at our product history. We were inspired by them and just threw it inside of the tool itself so um, that you don't need to uh, have Keepa
1: nice i remember years ago uh it probably still exists but uh there there was one online tracker uh, camel 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 yep. and, and keepa and there was so so limited the amount of tools that we could have were very limited uh basically yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and now now there's now there's too many tools yes <laughs> um i would just you know uh, let me so i've built a lot of tools and i actually regret building some of the tools that i built i just wish i would have just bought them i just wish i would have rented for example um an Mm -hmm. emailer to contact amazon customers i built one but i don't use it because i don't want to maintain it why not just rent one for 50 dollars a month and and perfect you know i don't have to um I don't have to maintain another tool. I try to create a PPC optimizing tool internally. Again, you know, um, I'm just a team of one. I can't beat a Take Metrics or a Perpetua or a Quartile PackView. Like there's so many huge uh, PPC softwares out there. I don't even know why I tried. <laughs> mm. I just wish I would. I just wish I would have rented from the beginning. You know.
1: Yes. Yes. I I I, I was very fortunate with one of the ventures that I was getting into that was going to be a software tool that was going to do so many fantastic things never done before. Uh And then I was approached by um, uh, one one of the also top Amazon sellers who asked me if uh, you could come on the podcast, talk about a tool that they just created that did exactly the same things that I was planning on.
0: Oh, and no.
1: yeah. And I told them, listen, I already had that planned, but I didn't, his was done. So um he, he must've started obviously before me, but it was so good that I didn't proceed with it anymore. Right. Why am I going to do it now? I'll be the copycat. So I didn't, but yeah, sometimes yep. it's, it's do, better do, to
0: rent. Yeah. Do, do you know what? I know the exact same thing. So I've never talked about this uh before. Um, but a month after I built Smart Scout, I found a tool that did something similarly. It's called Profit Guru. And um, when I saw that, I was like, oh, my goodness. This, I may not have built my own tool. It would have discouraged me if I saw that they had built this. And I was a little bit intimidated. Now, six months later, I'm not intimidated by them at all. We've out them in a short amount of time, and um, I'm, you know, I'm so I feel a little bit lucky. You know, even if you see someone that does something similar, there's ways to out for to to deposition them. You could be cheaper than them. You could be uh, more expensive than them and have more enterprise tools. Uh, so there's a way to create a competitive advantage.
1: True, true. Now, Scott, before I let you go, I want to ask you one more thing. When somebody signs up for Smart Scout, like many other tools out there, do they have access to online training for free?
0: Um, well, we do have. Um, the, shoot, there's one. There's two communities that have built themselves around Smart Scout. There's one called the Replans Challenge, and then there's just a Facebook group of uh, Smart Scout users. What we just launched about a week ago, Smart Scout University. Which is uh, about forty five minutes of training on how to use Smart Scout. You could see um, my team and myself using it, talking about it, how to like you know make best use of the tools.
1: Awesome, okay. So you don't just have to go out there and practice until you learn there's somebody that can show you.
0: Yeah, yeah, sometimes some, sometimes that person is me and sometimes it's someone else on my team. Nice.
1: Cool. Scott, are you working on anything else? I mean, you're always working on something, but um, anything yeah, new and exciting?
0: No, shoot. I'm, I'm, I'm getting super involved in marketing um, and I have a lot of fun with it. Um, I'm putting together a uh, an exclusive event at Prosper where we have a hundred, we're getting about a hundred of the top Amazon professionals and doing a casino night. At, it, at the top of the stratosphere. So um, hmm. if you pay attention to me and my Instagram, you can tell I'm having a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Scott, for people that want to find out more about you, smartscout.com, where else do you want them to go?
0: Um, uh, at Seller on Instagram. You can add me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, that's usually uh, how people reach me.
1: Awesome. Thanks again, Scott. It was a pleasure having you here.
0: All right. Take care. Thanks, Quinn.
1: You too.